will offer in his sanctuary the sacrifices of praise. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. He's worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of all our glory. He's worthy of all our honor. There is none like him. Amen. He brought me out of the mighty clay. Amen. I was sinking deep in sin. Fall from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained with sin. Sinking the wise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. My love has lifted me. When nothing else could help, Jesus lifted me. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for His delivering power, man. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He brought me out of the mighty clay. Amen. He set my feet on a rock and established my going, the psalmster said. Amen. Praise God. Ain't you glad He reached down? Poured you out. Amen. Peter was sinking. He says, Lord, save me. Jesus said, poured him right back up. We have an anchor. (laughs) Both sure and steadfast, the Bible says in Hebrews 6. Amen. It's unmovable. You're not going any place. Amen. You might think you're going under, but you're not going any place. Just hang on. Your feet's on the rock. Amen. Yeah, I don't have to worry about sinking. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Good to see everybody. Amen. Before you leave tonight, make sure you get next month's lesson. Next month we're talking about rejoicing. Start next Wednesday night. <clears throat> Amen. It's almost hard to believe that Christmas is here. Amen. Hopefully everybody sees every opportunity. What a what a season of rejoicing is a time. You know, I think November and December are the best months and and whenever Easter comes, is the best months that for Christians to be a witness. Because people want to know about Jesus. They want to know what is going on and all this stuff. You know, you can take all this stuff and just give good Bible lesson. You know, you, you look at a Christmas tree, you know, Christmas tree represents, I know some people say, ah, it's a pagan holiday. Don't be foolish, okay? Don't be foolish. Use it for the wisdom and knowledge of God. Use it. Use it. A, a, a green tree is a tree with life in it. It's an evergreen. When Jesus was going up the Calvary, he says, if they did this in a green tree, what would he do in a dry? So a green tree means his life. In him was, and the life was the light of man. Use, use, study this stuff. Use it as a witness, you know. Lights, why is there so many colored lights on a tree? Every race, creed, and color should have the light in them. <laughs> Let your light shine. Amen. If you're attached to the everlasting tree, you should be shining. Amen. Use it. Use it for the wisdom of God. Amen. Come on. Use it. Use it for the right reasons. Be a witness and study this stuff so you have some, some, some corn in the crib. <laughs> Amen. So you can sow some seed. <laughs> Praise God. Don't, 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 don't get caught up into the foolishness, okay? Amen. So, amen. Praise God. Well, we want to get right into the Word of God tonight. We're talking about, amen. What have we been talking about all month? Anybody know? Faith. Amen. So Christian soldiers in faith, in faith, in faith, in faith. Christian soldiers in faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. If you have your paper, I'm on page 3. I'm going to try to get through here tonight. Amen. We must walk by faith and not by sight. Now, we know Hebrews 11 tell us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. And so when you look at Hebrews 11, you will notice that 15 times in Hebrews 11, it lists that they did something by faith. 15 times they did something by faith. Abel offered unto God a more, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. 
by faith. Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah moved to start building an ark. By faith, Abraham left home. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Amen. With Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. You know, by faith, Moses, when he was come to age, refused to recall the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer with the people of God than endure the pleasures of sin for his season. By faith, he forsook Egypt. By faith, you know, they passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho, you know, fell down. You know, by faith, by faith. Amen. So you've got to understand here, by faith, amen, we, we've got to walk by faith. Amen. Praise God. We have to. The lame man was expecting to receive something. Amen. To walk by faith is to live in a confidence of expectancy. You're expecting things from God. That's, that's what it is. You don't see it, but you're expecting. You're believing it. Just like this time of year. Christmas comes. You put in a, you know, when you was a kid, you put in a Christmas list and you want, you was expecting to get what you requested, you know? So you live 30 good days trying to be good, you know, so you could get what you was expecting to come from the bearded man, but we know his mom and dad, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so you was expected, and this is why faith is essential and key. Amen. You remember when Jesus was sleeping in the hinder part of the boat in Mark chapter 5, and it was in the storm, he asked his disciples after they were so afraid, he said, how is it that you have no faith? Amen. After we have begun to walk with God, our faith should start to grow. We should start to believe God's Word, what He says. We know that Romans 10, 17 tell us that faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the Word of God. So every born a believer should be so full of faith, you don't know what to do with it. Right? You should be so full of faith, you shouldn't know what to do with all of it. If it comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, Right? You should be at church all the time. <laughs> you should be, you know, listening, talking in your house, you know, about the things of God, reading. Parents should be having devotions and talking about the Word of God. Man, the Word of God should be running out your ears. And so your faith should be running off the charts. You know, a few weeks ago we was talking about the vision of this church, Right? And we everybody know what the vision of this church is, right? To be a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for all, right? So there's no exceptions. Everybody can grow. Everybody can become leaders, you know. And that's what God desires. He, he wants you to mature to a stage in your walk with Him so that you can go and do more for Him, you know, while you're in this life and in this flesh. See? Spiritual growth. Divine leadership and spiritual growth. In Habakkuk 2... In verse 2 and 3, the Lord told Habakkuk, he said, write the vision. Make it plain. Is our vision plain? Is the vision, but let me ask you a question. Maybe I'm off kilter here. Is the vision of this church too hard? Is it pretty plain? It came from the Lord. <laughs> you, know, you know, so he says, write the vision and make it plain upon the table the day that read it shall run, see, for the vision is for a time. She said, once you grasp a hold of this thing and you start running with it, you say to yourself, I want to be a leader. I want to grow in the things of God. See, this is what God desires out of every one of us. You know, he wants you to mature and to grow. So the vision is for a time, see, so once you take it and you start studying and you start reading and you start applying these things to your life, you're going to grow. Amen. We shouldn't struggle with our faith. You know, so many seem to struggle with their faith. That shouldn't be if faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We should be running over. Good measure. Press down, shake the other, run it over. See? 
Here are some reasons why some folks struggle with a lack of faith. A lack of studying God's Word. A lack of studying of God's Word. It's hard for you to live what you don't know. See? That's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He told him, he says in 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16, he says, until I come, give attendance to the reading. Verse 16, he says, give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Continue in these things, for in so doing, you will save yourself and everyone else to hear. 1 Timothy 4, 16 there, if you're trying to put the scripture up. I'm, I'm sorry. Amen. Okay. So, but, but. But you've got to get into the habit of studying, see, because you want to be prepared. Soldiers do not wait until they get on the battlefield to try to learn what they need to do. They prepare on a day-to-day basics, you know, in the rear before they ever hit the battlefield. So that when they get on the battlefield, they know how to operate and what to do in circumstances and situations. The point man is out front. He doesn't learn how to be the point man, you know, when he get into battle. He learned what to look for before he ever get to the battlefield. This is why you studied the Word of God. So that when you start walking, you know what to look for. That one of the gifts of the Spirit is discerning of spirits. You need to be able to look and see and judge rightly of what is coming. But if you never study and prepare yourself, you're not going to know what to do in circumstances and situation. And this is why a lot of people struggle with their faith. Say, it's because they don't know what to do. Have you not known? Have you not heard? <laughs> that the Almighty God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, He's not weary and neither does He faint. There's no searching of His understanding, Isaiah said. You know, so you you got to study. It's essential that you study the Word of God because that's where your faith comes from. Let it speak to you. When you pray in the morning, when you're reading the Word of God, you're saying, God, explain, show me this. What are you talking about? You know, David says in Psalms 119, verse 18, he says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. In other words, show me when I'm reading so I get a clear understanding to see the wonderful things you are, are trying to bring to my understanding. Because I want to know, God, what you're saying to me. Make it plain. Make it clear. Say, this is why you've got to study. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Say, God will give you a little bit here, a little bit there. Amen. But you're going to have to study the Word of God. I can't study for you. I can give you information. I can give you papers and everything. But you have to study it. You know, you got to go through these scriptures in this paper. You know, that's why you, you hear me. I give you so many scriptures. Because I want you during the week to study Prepare yourself so that when situations and circumstances come, you are ready for these things because you've got to walk by faith. I'm not going to be with you every second. Other saints of God is not going to be around you every second. You have to learn how to operate solo, stealth, if I can put it that way. Amen. We walk by faith and not by our sight. Amen. So study to show thyself Approve unto God. Amen. So your faith should be overrunning. Number two, a lack of church attendance. Amen. A lack of church attendance. You know, the Lord told Moses, he says, you, you command them that they build for me a sanctuary. That I may dwell among my people. You know, 
Now, we know that David wanted to build a sanctuary, but because he was a man of war, God says no. But David put everything into place for Solomon to build it. So they built the house for the Lord. Say, you are the temple of the living God. God is in you. See? So you cannot neglect the house of God. See? Natural and spiritual. You need to be at the house of God. Because this is your haven. This is where you come to get instructions of what to do and how to live. The more you're around brothers and sisters of like precious faith, they're your war partners. As we say in the army, they're your battle buddies. <laughs> you need to have them to be able to depend upon, to be able to pray with, to talk to, to be encouraged. You're in a unit. Let's put it that way. And all the unit works together in unity. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to grab, dwell together in unity. Psalms 133, right? So you want to be in church, amen. In Luke 4.16, it says, And as it was his custom, on the Sabbath day, Jesus went to church. Yeah. He went to the saying of God and he stood up to read. Amen. You should be ready. David says in Psalms 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to Walmart. Huh, Kmart? He said, let's go to Kmart. Shopco? What did he say, let's go? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. See? There should be some excitement. Faith should automatically spring up on Sunday morning. You should wake up and say, here we go. Amen. I was glad I come running to the house of the Lord. You should beat me here on Sunday. Now, usually we get here about 7.15 on Sunday morning, but you, you should beat me here. <laughs> you try. You get here before me on Wednesday evening. Amen. But... <laughs> But we should be excited about getting to the house of God to see what God is going to do. Expectancy. We should expect something every time we come into the house of the Lord. We should expect some healing. We should expect some deliverance. We should be expecting God to do something great. If not in anybody else, in us. I'm going to get a word today from the Lord. Amen. What is God going to speak to me today that's going to encourage me and meet my need? Uh, you know, who's going to testify of what I need today? These are the things we should be excited. That's what faith does. That's what faith runs. Amen. Praise God. It, it makes you want to do these things. Amen. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assemblies of yourself together, but exalting one another and so much more as you see the days approaching. The Lord is drawing nigh. He's coming. And when you look at our world today and what's going on, the Lord said, when you see these things coming upon the earth, He says, look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. We need to be exalting one another, edifying one another, lifting up one another. Amen. Every saint of God should have the gift of, of, of exhortation. Amen. The world's full of negativism. So we don't need any more of that. I can get that just by, by, by going outside. Yeah. I, I should be edifying, building up, encouraging Lifting up one another. This is what we should be doing. So a lack of church attendance will hurt your faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Number three, hardness of heart. If you still have hardness of heart because of what somebody said or what somebody did, it's going to hinder your faith. Jesus says in Luke 8, he says, So you went forth to sow seed. He says, Some fell by the wayside, some fell among the rocks, some fell among the thorns, and some fell among good ground. And when he explained the parable, he said, They on the wayside are they that hear the word of God, but before they have a chance to receive, the devil comes and take it. 
they that upon the rocks are they that hear the word of God with gladness, but because they have no roots. You know, no, no, the root rocks are in the way. And so when fire trials and things come, the roots begin to wither and the seed, the plant dies off. Days among thorns are they that hear the word of God. You're excited about it. You know, but then you, you allow cures of the world that comes in and choke the word right out of you. And then they that on the good ground, they receive the word of God. Roots goes down deep. They bring forth fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Amen. So you've got to get rid of that hardness of heart. What did Jesus say in, 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 the, in Jeremiah? He says, I will take that old stony heart. Ezekiel, excuse me, he says, I'll take that old stony heart and I'll give you a heart of flesh. But you got to give it up. You can't keep carrying weights and things that is, you know that's bothering you. Things that are plaguing you. You've got to let it go. Amen. <laughs> that's what he says. Lay aside every weight and every sin that's so easy to beset us. And let's run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, right? One through three. Amen. we got to get this stuff out of our hearts. Don't let it harbor there. Because if it's like crabgrass, you can cut it off all you want until you get the root out. It's still going to grow. If you got anger in your heart, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pretty soon come out. If you got bitterness in your heart, it's going to come out. Amen. James tells you in James 3, he says, this wisdom don't come from above. It's from the devil. So you have to work out somehow where you get along in your secret closet with God and let him have it all. So that when you come out, you walk in a newness of life. Give it over. Amen. So you want to get rid of that hardness of heart. Amen. Number four, failure to do what the Word of God says will hinder your faith. James tells us in James 1.22, don't just be a hearer of the Word. Do it. Do what the Word of God says. Because if faith comes by hearing the Word of God, that means i got to do what it says. Amen. Number five, unwillingness to change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. You, you've got to be willing to change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. You've got to be willing to change. That's why when you read the Word of God and it tells you to do something, you've got to go do it. He's trying to show you your error. You know, we pray and say, God, help me do this. God, do that. He says, okay, here, you do this. And it'll be okay. See? But a lot of people don't want to do what the Word of God says. I want to be a Christian, but, you know, God, I don't want to do that right now. Well, if you don't want to do that right now, there ain't a whole lot I can do for you, he says. Because you're not being obedient. You know, my parents used to say to me, well, I told you to do this. And you ain't going to do the other until like, you get this done. Now, you can either do it and get it done, or I have... Some discipline measures to ensure that you get it done. <laughs> and I always found it was easier to go do it. <laughs> Amen. You know, so we, we got to change. We got to be willing to change. When you hear the word of God, when you're reading some, sometimes we may, we may not even realize it's there. But when we start reading and we see it, then we have to become a doer of God's word and not a hearer only. Number six, it also goes with number five, failure to obey what God says. Amen. Failure to obey what God says. Amen. 
in Judges 6, 10, you know, the Lord says, man, they haven't done what I told them to do. They've become stiff-necked. They're not doing what I said. You know, how long? See, you've got to do. And number seven, a lack of trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 is what? Trust in the Lord with part of your heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Amen. You've got to learn to trust God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And that's where faith comes in because you're saying, trust something I can't see. See? But you have to learn to trust God. Amen. This is why it's so hard for some people to walk by faith because of these things here. Amen. But we must operate in our faith as there is a God. Amen. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth where dwell righteousness. You know, if, if, I, if I say I'm going to heaven, shouldn't I act like it? <laughs> shouldn't I believe there's a God? You know? If I say he delivered me, shouldn't I believe he delivered me? There's one that delivered me? I got to believe people has got to see that. John says in John 20, verse 30 and 31, he says, you know, many other things Jesus did that are not recorded in this book. He says, but you know what? He said, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of God. And that believing you might have eternal life. Because if you don't believe it, what's in here, guess what? You're not going to have eternal life. That's right. Hebrews eleven six says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. We must act like there's a God. Why, why did Caleb and Joshua believe that God could take care of the promised land and the other people didn't? Why could ten not believe it and two could? Caleb and Joshua says, whoa, well, yeah, okay, so what? The land is full of giants. So what? The city's a wall. So what? It says, if God delight in us, and he does, he's going to take us in. He's going to fight for us. He's going to deliver. Whatever you do, don't you go back on God now. That's what they try to get them to see. But the people wanted to stone them. They threw their faith out the window. And that's why the writer of Psalms would later write, David and, and the Hebrew writer says, they could not enter in the promised land because of their unbelief. He says, and so you need to be aware. They couldn't get in because of unbelief. Don't think you're going to tap those to the tulips and get in if you don't believe. You've got to believe this thing. If you are planning on walking on those gates and streets of pearls, and through those gold streets that we talk about so much, you've got to believe it. Because if you never believe it, you won't set your focus to where you're going. You will let stuff stop you every time. You've got to keep walking forward. So Caleb and Joshua believed it. What was it about Daniel? He's a prisoner. He's a slave. But look how God uses Daniel. From the onset, you know, he didn't change from serving God just because he was a slave, just because things wasn't going right. He still prayed. He still believed in God. He still fasted. He still, you know, he found favor with God and man because he was consistent in his walk and faith in God. So what he went to the lion's den? They just made him pillars for his head. <laughs> you know? He, he, he came out better than what he was. This is what the, why we have to learn how to walk. We believe there's a God. 
What promoted Elijah to call everybody on the top of Mount Carmel? And says, how long have you had two opinions in 1 Kings 18? He says, how long have you had two opinions? He says, if God is God, then serve him. If the devil is your God, then serve him. He had enough faith to believe that when he prayed, God was going to drop fire down and consume everything. He told the woman at Zerf, all she had was a handful of meal. And she was going out and getting two sticks that she was going to cook it, go in and eat it and die. And he says, God says, the barrel of meal is not going to waste. And neither is the cruise of oil going to fail until I send rain upon the earth. Look at the faith of these people. That's why the things are written afore, Paul says in Romans 15, 4. He says, the things which are written afore was written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, might find hope. So this is why you got to study the Word of God. This is why you got to read the Word of God so that you can have the hope to keep running and keep going and keep doing the things you need to do to get to the other side, to get to the promised land. Look at Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. I love this passage of Scripture. Habakkuk 3, 17. If you ever get discouraged, I want you to just open your Bible and read this passage of Scripture, okay? Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labors of the olive shall fail, and the field shall not yield her meat. The flock shall be cut off. From the foe, and there shall be no herds in the stall. Now look at all the bad things. He says, he says, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. For he alone is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. You ever seen a deer go up the side of a mountain? Ain't it amazing they don't fall? <laughs> This is what he's saying. Amen. And he will make my feet like hinds feet and cause me to walk upon my high places. Amen. God is trying to take us to a higher plateau. But we're going to have to rejoice. This is why Paul in, in 2 Corinthians, amen, chapter 12, when he had his thorn in his flesh, he says, I sought the Lord three times to take it away. And what did God say? Nah, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, okay, if that's the case, then I'm going to rejoice. <laughs> if you ain't going to take it out, I'm going to rejoice anyhow. Because when I'm weak, <laughs> then I'm strong. Amen. Praise God. So we have to get into the habit. That's what faith does. See? That's what faith does. Is, is it causes us to keep going. In adversity, in earth situation. Look, look at Psalms 39, I mean 34, 19. Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But out of them all, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. He's going to get you through it. Just hold on. I'm not going to leave you. I think the scripture says we have exceeding precious promises. God is not going to leave you. Trust him. Wait upon him. Believe in him. He's going to get you over to the other side. Amen. So, although the fig tree... all. No matter how much negative come, God is greater than it all. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know any. I don't know a thing that is not too hard from the Lord. But one of the things about faith, as we study our faith, and we study the scriptures, and we expectancy, and we believe there is a God, faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word of God. But what do you do with it? Once I get it, nothing grows if I don't do something with it. 
Jesus says, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abideth alone. He says, but if it dies, it will bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So the same way with your faith, you've got to sow it. You've got to do something with it. it, it it's, it's, Romans 12, 3 says, He has dealt to every man the measure, a portion of faith. So God says here, Sister Vicky, I'm going to just give you a little bit. Now what are you going to do with it? He's going to give you enough to get started. And he says, you know what? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to move. And it will be gone into the sea. See, you have to do something with what he gives you. See? You just can't let it sit and do nothing with it. Amen. So if faith comes by hearing the word of God, and he's dealt to every man the measure of faith, amen, then we should be moving forward in spiritual gifts. Because if my faith isn't growing, then my wisdom isn't going to grow. If my faith isn't growing, my understanding isn't going to grow. If my faith isn't growing, amen, my miracles aren't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my healings isn't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my discernment isn't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my tongues aren't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my interpretation of tongues aren't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my prophecy isn't going to be working. If my faith isn't growing, my faith isn't going to be working. Because faith always gives back to faith. See? So you got to do something with it. Second Peter 2, 1 Chapter Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verse five. He says, "So add to your faith. You got to do something with it. Add to your faith virtue. You've got to now realize, as I said earlier, there got to be some changes. Morality has got to start working in your." Life. Morals has got to start turning. Your moral compass now has got to, because most of us, before we came to the Lord, our moral compass was like this. Just going all over the place. You know, when I was in the army, they used to tell us with our lensetic compass back in the days, they said, if you get too close to metal, it's going to go crazy. So you got to get away from the metal, <laughs> you know, so you get the right asthma where you're trying to go, you know. Well, it's the same way with your faith. See, you got to get your moral compass. See, before your moral compass was all over the place. Now you got to get it back on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> get it on the true north. Amen. Set the right azimuth where you want to go now. Where you going? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to be with Jesus. So there's things I know that will prevent me from get, staying on course. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. He said, don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? But he said, that was what you used to be. That's when your compass was going all crazy, Right? So now you're back on track. So stay on track. Dead reckoning. Get yourself a point out there. That says, hey, yes, that's where I'm going to be. Hey, uh, 1353 Charles Street, that's my point today. I'm going. <laughs> that's where I'm going. I'm going. Every time the doors is open, I'm going. I'm setting my compass, you know, my couch, my, my secret closet where I got to meet the Lord at 0430 in the morning to pray. You know, read my Bible, study, 
You know, that's where my compass is. And from that point, I'm shooting another dead adsmith, you know, and, and I'm going there. So you want to make sure that you're doing these things. You've got to add to your faith. The virtue, amen, become morally right because it will increase your faith. It will strengthen you. It will give you valor. It will make you courageous. It will make you more brave. You'll stop being afraid of things when your, your moral compass is on track. Amen. You, you, you won't have that fear coming after you all the time. See, you'll be able to take a stand, as Paul told Timothy. God did not give you the spirit of fear. God gave you power. God gave you love. He gave you a sound mind. See, and this is what God is trying to do when you start adding to your faith virtue, is to get your mind back on right track. That's why Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Set your, set your compass. Get your moral compass right. Come on. You can do this thing. Amen. Then he says, add to your virtue knowledge. Amen. If you, 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 you know, it's hard to do what you don't know. Go back and study. Just like school, you know, study. You don't, you don't study, you don't graduate. <laughs> right, Michaela? Amen. You, you've got to study. Study the Word of God. Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What do you reverence God? Because He's God. He can zap me anytime. The Bible says, Lord, if you was judge iniquity, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you, God. Yeah. We've got to have the knowledge. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. I've got to have the knowledge of God. Who do they say I, the Son of Man, am? I got to know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and without controversy. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I've got to have my knowledge of who God is. Amen. Once this is incorporated, spiritual knowledge, right versus wrong, goes back to the morals. Amen. Learning how to do what is right versus doing wrong. Your faith is going to grow. The more knowledge you have, the, the, the more confidence are you going to be. That's why your faith is, 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 is attached to this stuff. The more I know about God and His Word, the stronger my faith is going to be. So knowledge, I've got to have spiritual knowledge. Amen. We want to grow. Amen. Knowledge. To knowledge... Temperance, 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 self-control. You got any self-control? Fly off the handle. You get mad easy? Anger? No. You have to learn how to control you. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says, he's like a city that's broken down and without walls. The enemy will destroy you if you can't control you. See? You've got to control you. That's why God gives you his spirit. So you can control you. People says, I get angry. Oh, you better check the spirits in you. You know, I just can't stop doing wrong. You better check the spirit that's in you. You know. Because this stuff did not come with your spirit, the Holy Ghost. Uh, so as a born-again believer, you have to be able to control you. You are led by the Spirit. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, children of God. Dad doesn't get mad. He did get angry. Turn over the money changes, right? <laughs> but other than that, 
See? <laughs> we, we got to learn to do right. This is what the Father wants. Because our faith is growing. The more you do, study. Study and apply the Word. Come on. Amen. Let's get some self-control in us. Amen. And about what we're doing here in this life that God has given to us. Amen. So add spiritual knowledge. Add self-control. To temperance, you want to add now patience. Patience is no more than consistency. Stay consistent. Don't be wishy-washy. What James says in James 1.8, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Come on. Get consistent in this thing. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I know I need to go to church. I know I need to be there. I know I need to read the Word of God. I know these are things that come with your salvation for being a Christian. The consistency, worship, praying, reading the Word of God, giving, tithing, all these things is, is part of, the, of your salvation package. Because God knows that these are the things that's going to increase your faith and keep you doing right. Come on, you don't need somebody holding a gun to your head. You don't need somebody calling you all the time to do what is right. Come on. You know, I hear people all the time, I got fired from my job. Well, really, what did you do wrong? Nothing. They just didn't like me. You know, right. Okay. I'll believe that when Santa comes. You know. So you know how long we'll be waiting, right? <laughs> Amen. So, so we got to do what is right. Amen. So let, let's get it together here. Amen. So you got to add to your faith patience. Jesus says in Luke twenty-one nineteen, in your patience, possess ye. Woo. Hmm. I brought a book today. I'm I'm looking forward to reading. You know what the title of it was? How's your soul? <laughs> I just saw this. I, you know, I told my wife, I said, I really don't need another book. I says because I got so many books I need to read now. You know, and I but the title just got, got grabbed me. How's your soul? I says, well, I'm going to buy it because God must be trying to. So, you know, and that's what my wife always says, you know, she, somebody says to, to her when she's sick and just, you know, I try to get her to go lay down. I try to get her to stop doing stuff. And she says, all's well with my soul. Well, I can't fight that. <laughs> I might as well shut up and zip up and go sit down, right? <laughs> as long as everything's okay with her soul. So I said, so the title grabbed me, so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. If it's a good book, I'll tell you so you can go get your copy. How's that? Amen. But, but we, we got to, in our patience, in our consistency, you know, learning how to wait upon God. That's why Isaiah 40 said, they that wait upon the Lord, stay consistent while you're waiting on God to come through. Amen. Keep praying. Keep reading. You know, that's what faith is all about. It's the substance of things hoped for. God may not zap it to you right now. You know, that's why he says right division is for time. You know, the dreams, all these things are for time to come. You got to learn how to wait on the Lord. Stay consistent. Amen. So add to your faith patience and patience, godliness. You know, godliness is no more than holiness, and holiness is no more than separation. That's all it is. You're saying, I want to be a vessel of honor, fit, meet for the master's use. When you say that, you just take a step away from you and say, here I am, God. Use me any way you want to use me, anyhow you want to use me. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm your Lord. Try me now and see, see if I can be completely yours. Amen. You remember that song? Amen. You, you've got to give yourself. Paul told Timothy, he says, in every house, there's all kinds of vessels. Some of earth, some of wood, some of dirt. He says, 
But if you purge yourself, you can become a vessel of honor, fit, and meet for the master's use. Notice, you've got to purge yourself. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself. In other words, purge yourself. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself whether you be in the church, right? No. Faith. Your faith should show you're here. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own self? Don't you know you? You need to know you. Who's the man behind the mask? Who's the woman behind the mask? You need to know who you are. I'm a child of God. You need to know who you are. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? See? This way you can focus on fixing the things that are not right. Examine. Examine. You got a you got a, a troubleshooting chart right here. Sixty six books worth of troubleshooting. You know, just like you buy a car manual, something don't work. Go to the troubleshooting chart. Find out why the turn signal don't work. Your bulb might be out. <laughs> Fuse might be blown. Some of you probably been blown a few fuses. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But get in there and find out what the problem is. Why do I keep making the same old dumb mistake? Find out. Troubleshoot. You know? If your car does that, what are you going to do? You're going to take it to the car shop and keep saying, this don't work, this don't work, this don't work. And finally, they're going to check it out and tell you what's wrong. And you get it fixed. Examine yourself. Prove your own self how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be a reprobate. But I know you know you're not a reprobate. Come on. You're a vessel. You want to be used by the master. Goes back to our vision. A church of divine leadership and spiritual growth. That's what holiness, that's why you got to have holiness to be in leadership in the church. That's what we're trying to get you to see. You don't just let everybody be the leader. you got to get holy like Christ. What was on Aaron's breastplate? Holiness unto the Lord. That's what you are to become is holiness unto the Lord. In other words, I'm separated for God's use. Ruth wasn't holy to start with. But when she linked up with Naomi, and as soon as she said, where you go, I'm going, and your God is going to be my God, and your people is going to be my people. When she came back into Bethlehem, she started doing the right thing. And as a result, she found favor with God. She found favor with Boaz. And what happened? They got married. And she had a child, and she called him Obad, which is the father of Jesse, which is the father of King David, which is the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. She positioned herself to be a vessel of honor, fit, and meet for the master's use. Hannah had to position herself in the right place to become a vessel of honor, to birth an intercessor of Samuel, the first prophet of Israel. She positioned herself. Paul wasn't holy to start with. He was a murderer and injurer. He tells you that. Amen. But when he met Christ, he set himself aside to become a vessel of honor, fit and meet for the master's use. Same thing with Peter. Same thing with you and I. We become vessels for the master's use. God, I want you to use me, whatever it takes, even though it's humble. Lord, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. If you want to send me overseas, I'll go. Whatever. But we've got to have vessels of honor fit for the master's use. Amen. Holy, separated, set apart for the master's use. Amen. Well, this is how we're growing. And to patience and godliness. Next, brotherly kindness. you got to be kind. You can't treat people the way they treat you. Amen. You can't do it. You've got to learn how to be kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Treat people the way that you want to be treated, not the way they treat you. 
If I, if I do back to you the same way you do to me, what good is that? I got to be bigger. I got to be bigger than they are. See? They call me names. They say all kinds of things. I can't let that efface me. Because I'm walking by faith. Vengeance is mine. Give God some room. You know, he'll take care of it. You know, you know, I tell people all the time, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> you know, but, so you, you, you gotta, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> so you, you've got to give God some room. So treat, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's walking by faith. Amen. It would, that's why Jesus told Peter, oh no, man, you put your sword up. Because if you live by this, you're going to die by that. See? You, you have to, you can't treat people the same way they treat you. Amen. If they smack you here, give them the other cheek, right? Amen. So brotherly kindness. You got to have brotherly kindness in your life. And in the brotherly kindness, you've got to add charity. Above all these, love. The greatest gift of all is love. Everything hangs on love. On these two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, everything hangs on that. So when you add these things to your faith, your faith is going to grow. But if you never add these things, notice what Peter says. He says, he that liketh these things, He's blind. You got that, Michaela? Second Peter. There you go. He that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and he's forgotten he was purged from his old sins. You forgot what God already did for you. See, when you repented, you got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins was washed away. But if you ain't adding to your faith, you already forgot what God did for you. See, he forgot he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Verse 11, for so in entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So he says, you add this stuff, you're going to just walk right on in because your faith is going to keep you going because your faith is going to be running off the charts because you hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. But if you don't do anything with it, it's not going to grow. But if you make it grow, it's going to be like the mustard seed. Birds can make a nest in it. You can say to this mountain, be ye moved yonder to get out the way. Amen. You can keep walking in circumstances and afflictions and anything that comes against you. You can keep going on. You can keep rejoicing. You can keep praising because you know in whom you have believed. Amen. And you are persuaded that he's able to keep that which you have committed unto him against that day. Amen. Praise God. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a grace which answers many useful purposes. It is the eye of the soul by which we look for Christ for righteousness, peace, pardon, life, and salvation. The hand by which we receive Him and the foot by which we run to Him and walks in Him as we have received Him. While we are in the present state, faith supplies the place of direct vision. In the future world to come, we shall have sight, the utmost evidence of spiritual and eternal things, as we shall be present with them and live with them in Him. Here we have the testimony of God and believe in their reality because we cannot doubt His Word. And to make this more convincing, He gives us the earnest of our inheritance, His Spirit. Ephesians 1, 7 through 17, which is a foretaste of glory. 
Therefore, as Christian soldiers, we must walk by faith and not by our sight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, next month, don't forget your lesson before you leave. We're talking about rejoicing next month. Amen. Don't forget, we got so much stuff going on. Make sure you got your newsletter, your calendar on your refrigerator. So when you go get your water, get your milk, you can see what's going on on the calendar. Uh, prayer journal, make sure you get your prayer focus for next month. Amen. Men's prayer this Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Amen. Brethren, come, let's pray, seek the Lord. Amen. As well, Sunday, church service, Bible study, discipleship class, there it is. 9.30, prayer, worship, 10.30. Amen. Him sing also Sunday. Come, go sing unto the elderly. Amen. Amen. Come, all ye faithful. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Father, again, we exalt you. We thank you so much, God, again tonight for your love, your word, your kindness, all that you do, God. Let your wisdom prevail upon each and every one of us, God. Let us do those things that we have heard tonight, Father, that we may grow in our faith, O God, and that it runs off the chart, Lord. Let us not be weary in well-doing, you tell us, because in due season we will reap if we faint not. Let none faint tonight, God, because you are not faintful. You are not weary, O God. And we are going to study the Word of God. We are going to apply our hearts and our minds to what we have heard, God, tonight and throughout this month. And we are going to be children of God, vessels fit, meet for the Master's use to go forth and accomplish your perfect will. We love you. We thank you, Lord. Bless those that was not here tonight, God. Continue to heal the sick in every place, God. We truly appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.